Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Kidnor, founder of leading Australian podcast agency, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way and why there's nothing better. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers, and welcome back to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Today's guest, Zoray Razmat, is the CEO of Kazakhstani media startup, The Step, a media outlet with a focus on education, technology, cultural economics, and tourism, without the gossip, tabloids, and clickbait. As a self-described risk taker, Zoray's path to entrepreneurship is unexpected but what she's created with The Step is. In this intimate episode, Zora shares how motherhood inspired her to pursue her own business, the importance of creating a trusted voice for the young, and how to navigate career burnout. For those of you who haven't yet, make sure to take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs. Okay, without further ado, welcome Zore. Zore, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Well, I'm excited too. Thanks for inviting of course. So, you know, you and I recently connected and when I looked into you and all of the amazing work that you're doing in the media space, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Hmm. Well, it's my pleasure. Amazing. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I always start from the story that I'm actually um, 30 years old and I'm doing, and I'm an entrepreneur. I position myself as a not a media person, but entrepreneur first, because my story uh, is quite, I would say, interesting in terms of I started my businesses because I was a single mom and I always uh, created businesses basically for my kid. And my first business was um, not related to media at all. It was uh, a kid's playground in mall. Um, so that, that concept was super new and super fresh back in 2014. And uh, starting business when you are 24, it's not that, you know, like you're not super young, 
but you are still young and are not experienced. So since I graduated my school, uh, I was like thinking, okay, I want to earn money. <laughs> what should I do? So um, basically, um, my journey, entrepreneur, uh, like entrepreneur journey, started since you know, like 2014. And then I started this business. I've raised money. I've got my partners. And then um, through the time, the, the, the whole concept was super interesting. It was like education and entertainment. The concept was about it. And then we've linked it and it, it became edutainment stuff. So, yes, and you can bring your kid there. You can leave it there. Uh, still, you go. You can go shopping while uh, my, my team was taking care of your kid, basically. So that was super fresh, super convenient to families and stuff. Uh, but, uh, through like after six months of uh, running this business, I understood that, okay, what's next? I'm not as interested in this business anymore, uh, because I have marketing background. I was like, okay, I've got this brand. We've uh, promoted it. Well, we have our clients and then what? So I decided to quit this uh, business. I've sold my share and basically, uh, having this money, then I started thinking, okay, what I want to do next. And media w actually wasn't in my plan. But when I was a kid, I was, oh, I always thought I want to be an editor chief of Forbes. So, and now I'm on the Forbes list. So yes. uh, the life is so funny. So yes. And then I started, uh, so I started thinking, okay, first thing in business, you should, I mean, like, it depends on a country, but in my country is that we have a lot of opportunities. We have, uh, uh, the competition is quite low and basically you can create something. If you're doing it super well, you, you, you'll have this, you know, first clients, you know, and the business will run itself successfully. So I was thinking, okay, what we don't have on, a, uh, on our market. And at the time we had newsrooms, huge media companies. But they weren't actually focused on young people. And for me, it was very important and crucial to create something for young people so that they will have the successful stories. They will, they can share it uh, through our, uh, the step platform. So I didn't have any media background, but I was, as I said, I have, uh, I studied on marketing and I was like, okay, what should I do? Uh, by that time, I actually knew how to create team. And then I started searching for journalists and uh, basically attracting with uh, them with this concept. And it was super new, uh, I would say quite new uh, concept, lifestyle one in Kazakhstan. So uh, that was my, in, and, and in 2016, I've launched this business. And for this year, we'll turn five years. This month, yay. Amazing. It's so, so cool to hear, Zora. And I think, you know, I love that for you, it was just more business than anything else. And whatever that meant for you, you would go after it. And look, I want to dive deeper into the step and what you're doing. But before we do, I'd like to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, where did you grow up? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? Actually, I was born in Kazakhstan. So basically to give you some idea about our country, we're quite huge. We're ninth country in the world in terms of size. 
but we're not very populated, like Australia, for example. We're like only 18 million people, and still we're a huge oil country. We have middle class, or definitely we have rich people and, um, and not, but uh, the middle class is quite, you know, shrinking. Basically, it's not actually uh, how you call it. If you want your economic uh, to grow, you have to have this, you know, very stable middle class. Uh, my country is very, I would, I would say, um, authentic in terms of like we had this nomad culture. We have hundred something nationalities. Um, I'm, I mean myself, I'm half Kazakh and half Uzbek. But yes, my country gave me a lot of opportunities in terms of we're still developing country. So that means whatever you do, either you have to do it, as I said, well, so that people will have this interest in your product, service, whatever. And basically, market share is very good, especially in media, for example. So I was born in a very, I would say, um, not, not rich family at all. Um, and my mom, uh, the, the, the thing is that in my family, basically, my grandma was super cool, uh, badass in terms of like she was independent. She always, we had this, you know, culture that a man is uh, very, basically a breadwinner, head of the family. But um, like ladies in my family, they were always independent. Uh, you know, she back in, 90, in the 1980s, she was driving herself a car, which was very unusual at that time. It's like now, you know, being a pilot is the same thing. So in our family, I always, I always had this, you know, um, thing that we should be empowered. We should run business in any case, even if you're married or not. So you have to be very independent. So for me, it was very natural to be an entrepreneur. But in the whole country and the whole culture, it's not like that. So it's quite very rare thing that the woman not runs business, but actually do, does something and does it, like, as I said, well. So, uh, yes, we're a very traditional. We were very traditional country, but now it's changing. Uh, we're all very open-minded. We have a lot of talented people. So uh, this is what why actually Step was born, uh, because we I wanted to give them voice. In our culture, young people they have less voices than you know uh, our elders. So uh, because of actually culture, um, but now it's changing, and I think the Step is one of the reasons why it's changing. Now, elders, they actually listen to us. They take an example from us. So it's kind of like that. It's so incredible, Zora. And I think, you know, just educating us on what your culture is like and what it's like over there and, and kind of the impact that you're making and I guess also your passion behind it. It's just so, so fascinating. You know, you... Can you talk us through a little bit about how you gained this confidence? You know, you mentioned that, you know, your grandmother, she was the trailblazer and she was like, we all have to be independent and that's phenomenal. But, you know, how did you navigate through the early years? I, I think I saw that you studied in Dubai initially. I think it was the American University in Dubai. And as you mentioned, you did your business management and marketing. And then you went back to Kazakhstan to do your master's. Talk to us a little bit about how you navigated through those early years and how you built your confidence. Oh, Michelle, it's such a I big say, question. It is such a big question. And I know it's very, actually, even me, 
now um despite my experience and as one of my friends he said like if you're around business for 10 years then you're an entrepreneur before that you're just playing the game uh, uh and you know it takes time to get this either confidence or i always say an entrepreneur is the one who changes the society but at the same time he actually covers his own needs for example in my case because i was a mom a very young single mom i actually wanted to do something so that you know i can fit my baby and stuff so that was my very first push now it's a little, the motivation changes through the time every year you have a different motivation so basically and again i i cannot say myself as a confident person but at that time i was super uh, how you call it uh yeah not confident at all and um the only thing that actually pushed me is that the necessity and i felt that okay so i'm doing such a great stuff you know i'm doing something for society so th- that idea actually and and at the same time i earn money from that you know like i'm not doing bad stuff i'm not like uh, opening casinos and you know like hustling and stuff i'm doing a little bit impact i'm bringing impact through my projects to my society so this is the only thing that actually drive me uh but gaining confidence um it's such a big question as i said but uh the only i would say advice i'll give is that you should always think about what i want to do and what it will bring to people and uh if that match happens you'll get you know like feedbacks you'll get this uh, i would say uh confidence that you you are looking for and it, it and as i said it's there is no a secret <laughs> how to be a very confident person i think all of us there we have this uh, uh we're not as confident as we're we're showing up but uh in terms of business business wise i became confident more when the step turned like 3 years not before that i always i always struggled i always i was thinking oh i'm doing something wrong and and it uh it actually messes you up and um yeah it's such a philosophical uh, question i would say michelle in terms of like uh, my uh, personal life uh thing is that i became confident when you know my family supported me my friends supported me this is very crucial in our times so uh the support that they had they gave me and actually actually when you are independent it makes you com- more confident as you were before i find it so so interesting and i actually couldn't agree more around when you were saying that the more you just kept going in your business journey and actually kept building the step and kept building it even though in the early days the first 2 3 years you were like what is happening i don't know what's going on then i guess the more confident you became you know how did the idea evolve for the step you know from that initial idea that you wanted to do something to help your society to bring voices to the young people how did that evolve over perhaps the first 2 years then 3 and now 5 and how did you get comfortable with the uncertainty of entrepreneurship uh you know when people come to me and say oh i want to be an entrepreneur i'm super you know like impressed with your story i was like i, I always tell you should be prepared to very depressing years in your life because 
you know anything that you do you like in terms of like business or okay any project like you start media podcast whatever you should be prepared for ups and downs if you are not prepared it's better to stay in your i don't know um company like uh, where there is a corporate corporate culture don't mess with business yourself don't become an entrepreneur and this is the first advice i always give and it sounds very discouraging actually but i mean i remember myself when i started project i was super unsure what i'm doing because i wasn't in a media person imagine i stepped into the world that i didn't discover and all of my projects are like that before i'm learning i i already there and then i was like okay then what should i do with the problem i'm solving problems while i'm in that in that problem already so i'm a risk taker but definitely i'm not uh, basically doing business plans uh presentations uh market research for a long time i just like even I, if i like idea i started and then i was like okay that was a bad idea you know like <laughs> or okay it was bad bad but i have you know people employees i have to basically take responsibility of them so yes you should be prepared for very bad times and uh, and actually bad times they will never end in business because like but then you should balance you should always stick to one idea and then and of course the step differs from what the project started and the, the initial idea is now it's different for example in 2016 that was the idea to encourage people motivate them now it's a little bit different concept and i think the the more flexible you are in terms of changing yourself uh redirecting your team it's the key success because for example why steps is better from any lifestyle media that we have for example is that because we are always experimenting we're changing we're trying to introduce something new so that we will not stuck and media media by that time when we started here the businesses they were like looking at us as young kids playing around in the you know like uh, in the elders playground uh and they treated us very badly but now through the time they were like ah oh, mhm good stuff they're doing but we cannot uh, copy them because they cannot copy us because we have this you know energy that they don't have in their teams so um yes i mean um as as i said as, even media for example media is more exhausting as any business i believe because media is big amount of information every day like every day you have different news uh issues and stuff and stuff and by the end of the day you feel so discouraged stressed because you cannot consume a lot of information like media so you have to have this special ability and skill in terms of being in the media and being uh, you know in this world so and plus you you have to earn money from it you have to do some projects for your clients and then you have to always balance yourself and find the way not to you know um, burn out i think burnout is just so so common it's something i've experienced time and time again What's been a time that you've really experienced a really tough time and you felt completely burnt out and how did you work your way through that? 
Uh, yes, uh, I mean, I have this burnout uh, every, I think, six months. As I said, the first year of my project, I was depressed. I mean, I felt so bad. I mean, I was literally, I was like, didn't answer, you know, like you feel unconscious. So that was my actual feeling. Then, um, then the second year, actually, it's a good strategy, by the way, like when you find your, um, uh, rivals, I would say, in terms of, you know, competition. And you are like, okay, I'm not, uh, you know, I should be the number one. And then you fight it. And it's quite easier for you. It's kind of a strategy, you know, like through the whole five years, what should you do? Like you have to find competition, competitors so that you can compete. Then you know, like you go through your depression. Then you are super busy with this competition, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, the only thing that I believe it's like sport. You should always treat your project as a uh, having these exercises. You should exercise so that your muscle will be very strong so that the same as business, you know, like, and so that you will treat some things because it's not like I'm burned out. What should I do? You will treat it as like, I should do that because I'll get my muscles more strong, more fit, and I'll look good. So it's the same in business. So whenever you feel very bad, depressed and stuff, you should just always think about, okay, I feel now bad, but then, okay, how it will affect my body or my project so it's about just running you know like they say dogs yelling and then you run still you don't you you kind of ignore so it's kind of a if you're depressed and then you feel really bad you should just run and then it will somehow help you you know this kind of exercise will help you just to, to get rid away it's not about exercising in terms of the lifestyle it's just about how you run run you work more on your projects you try to improve it with your colleagues yourself and then one day it will just bring you your uh, reward oh the reward time is the best time but it takes years you know i think that's something that i love that we're talking about right now zori because i think people think oh entrepreneurship or startup is so sexy and you know just makes so much money and it's so fun and whatever <laughs> and it's really not like that you know at what point for you did you feel like wow I'm actually, this is right. And like, I'm starting to see some of that reward and this is going to work out for me. When did that happen for you? And, and what was your experience with that? I think only just last year, I've got this feeling like on the fourth or fifth uh, year when uh, I felt like, okay, I'm on the right track. Finally. I have, you know, I have my own idea of what's happening. Um, I feel that, uh, you know, like it being, you know, they say uh, a startup dies either on third year or first year. If you're not dying on third year, then you're doing something right. And then you prolong, like, so you'll become four year, five years, a startup and stuff like business. So we've skipped that three years finally. And, 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 and that, that actually time, not a big time, you know, only three years showed me that, okay, so we're on the right track. Uh, what should we do next? And we're ready to, for example, expansion, whatever. Before that, I wasn't unsure. Whoever, you know, came to me and was like, okay, let's open a step, you know, in different country and stuff. I was like, no, because I didn't understand what's going on. 
so I believe when um, we've made huge projects, I was like, okay, we're on the right track. And there are a lot of things that I want to implement, but we, we didn't do that still. And I believe when we implement any project, any, I don't know, like idea, I feel satisfied. Before that, the process makes me feel really <laughs> sick because, you know, it's painful to to do stuff, to follow up and stuff. So it's kind of, I know what you're saying. Like when people say, oh, business is sexy. Yes, it's sexy in terms of like getting money back, you know, your investments back and stuff. But you should be prepared, as I said, for to the hard times. And the most important thing in terms of being an entrepreneur is that no one in your family, your friends can actually give you right advice. You, you should self, you should take responsibility. And many people, they actually don't want to take responsibility on any decision. You have to, you know, like make very little decisions every day and huge decisions every month in terms of like whom to hire, whom to fire, uh, what should we do next and stuff and stuff. And actually team actually looks at you and waits for you those decision. And it's really hard. And I don't, I don't think that any business coach can give you that advice. It's so, so true. And you're a solo founder as well. I just realized, Zore, you know, how have you navigated that making those big decisions when it's just you, you know, everyone's looking to you and you have to decide what's next. How have you, are there some strategies you've used or something you've done to be able to make those big decisions and feel okay about it? I don't really think that I felt okay about all of my decisions, uh, but I think that, I mean, I'm being very sincere in terms of that. Like you can get any advice from uh, who sells, you know, their like uh, advisors and stuff. But I think uh, through the time, I, I've understood that my decisions were either right or wrong. But then again, it depends on you how you treat your mistakes. If you're always stuck on what you did wrong, you will never, you know, have this right decision. But uh, I think they can say that being an entrepreneur, it's a skill, but I think it's a talent as well. Feeling what you should do next is one of the, how you call it, empirical um, measure. Uh, For example, like besides numbers, for example, if you are firing your accountant or, okay, so you will take decisions based on their mistakes. But for example, when you feel like, um, I actually advise, you know, uh, to read the very simple book, How Google Works. He gives advices like saying how you should fire people and hire and whom you should fire. Because sometimes you have to fire those people who are actually bringing an income to your company, but they will ruin your company because they're like divas. They're great, but they're very, you know, they're influencing your company very badly. So in that case, you as a founder and entrepreneur, you're like, okay, I need this person, but he actually, you know, somehow affects my team. The the energy is in the company is bad because of that. And and you kind of very, you don't know what to do. At one point, this person brings you a lot of cash. But at another time, and uh, from another hand, you're like, okay, but uh, he discourages my whole team. What should I do in this case? 
You see? And in, in that case, you're the only person who decides. I don't have HR in terms of like HR. I'm, I'm, I'm being my HR, uh, you know, sometimes. But the, the, the skill that I have definitely is that bringing nice team and, you know, nice people to one good team. You know, this is one, one of my, I would say, key factors of my success. So, so interesting. And I think, you know, the intuition that you're talking about is just something that, as you mentioned, it's just cultivated over time. And I think the more mistakes you make, the better you get at, you know, understanding what the right path is and listening to your gut feel. Well, people like, I don't know, like in, um, I actually believe in a gut feel. I mean, this is what you should actually improve yourself. Like if you do something, you should actually either listen to yourself or uh, being very pragmatic. It depends, but I think it's a balance of everything. You should listen to people who are uh, have expertise in that issue, but at the same time, you kind of have to feel yourself what is better for your company. Yes, yes. I want to talk a bit about the support network that you talked about earlier. You know, you mentioned that, you know, especially as solo founders or even those of us who are starting out fresh and we've got an idea in one hand and we're trying to figure out what the first step is, you know, can you talk to us a little bit about how we can find the right support network, how we can find the right perhaps mentors and how we can surround ourselves with those people, especially in the early days when the idea is really fresh and new and perhaps you've never been in business before. Yes. Uh, when I started, as I said, media, I wasn't in media at all. I didn't know any journalist. Uh, I was like super far away from this kind of a uh, whole world because media is a whole world. And yes, I would be very grateful if at that time I had mentor or whoever. But uh, when I just stepped into this world, start from very basic things. Find uh, on LinkedIn network surround you like go and um schedule meetings with them ask them and don't be shy of asking stupid questions because you know you definitely you don't know everything in this life so uh meetings networking is very important actually because for example like any meetup it doesn't mean that this meetup will bring you something but at at some point somehow it will pop up from another side of your sphere you're in your life. So the, the idea is that if you start something new from very different sphere or you are not expert in it, definitely look through, you know, meetings with that kind of people. I don't know, like their conferences. You will get to know with any, like any person has the ability to learn and you should actually improve it in yourself. Like you should go listen, meet, stupid, nice, smart people, whoever. You should actually, if you want to be successful in your life, you should give more energy to people. Then it will come back. I'm being very spiritual today, but actually it works that way. The more you give, like, you know, your time, your efforts, your like, and stuff, uh, even your questions is like giving your energy, you know? So you'll bring it back for sure. And it works. So easy steps. Social networks help a lot in terms of finding right people. 
mentors. It depends on what issue you have. If, for example, you're doing your podcast, you're looking for the best podcaster, you text him. If he ignores you, you find another guy and you ask him to be your mentor. But the mentor has to get uh, has to get something from you as well. It's a kind of a win-win. Why should I mentor you? Yes, because I'll do this, this and that. Mentors actually love when you actually follow his advices. For example, he gives you an advice, do a podcast with, I don't know, Elon Musk. Then you should come back to him and say, oh, I just did it. What you said. And then mentor feels like kind of uh, he didn't waste his time and he gave you good advice and then you took it and implemented it and you come back to your mentors like, see, I did it. So it's kind of like that because I hate when people approach me it's like, oh, give me advice. And I'm spending a lot of time saying, okay, do this, start social networking, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of the day, this person doesn't do anything about my advice. It's kind of, you know, okay, I don't care. This is his own live business, whatever. But I think it's kind of a unfair game, I'd say. Or you don't exchange with the right uh, ideas, energy and stuff. So if you want to have mentor, then you should understand the mentor has to get something from you. I'm not saying about money, just energy plus your willingness to improve. So well said. Yes, yes, yes. And everyone listening to the podcast knows how much of a massive fan I am of LinkedIn and of mutual value exchange. I just think it's it's so, so important. You nailed that. Amazing. So look, I've got a couple of bigger questions for you as we come to the close of today's episode. The first one is, what was your biggest challenge starting out and trying to get your business off the ground? I think finding your right team, uh, it's the biggest challenge uh, because not everyone actually um, believes what you're saying and you have to basically attract people, basically sell your idea, right? Actually, your team is your first investors, basically. You're selling them idea and then invest in you, basically, by, you know, running this business as well, first. Second, when you're a very little smart startup, for example, you don't have a lot of investments, right? But then again, you, you should hire people, you should spend money, and you're not sure about their skills and stuff. Uh, my struggle was uh, I wanted to hire A people, basically people who are very either expensive, experienced, but I couldn't afford them. So I, I struggled a lot. Only, as you said, remember, like uh, what was uh, when was uh, when relief came actually in business. It was at like my third year. I've got you know like very best people that I wanted to be in my company, and they joined me because uh, I already had the story, good image of the brand, and I think that is the best one of the most challenging thing. Second is that you, as I said, you're struggling, you're depressed, and no one can give you right advice. No one. Uh, even your mentors, they can navigate you, but they cannot actually tell, oh, do this, do that, and, you know, it will work out. So I think, um, as I said before many, many times, you should be prepared for this emotional, you know, changes. Uh, and at the same time, you should have to, uh, bring very rational, um, decisions. So this is a very starting point struggles that I had 
for sure. Haven't we all? Oh my goodness. I'm just reflecting back. And even now still, you know, every day, what would you say was your biggest failure to date? Uh, I believe I had a lot of failures. Uh, one of them is that um, many, as I said before, many ideas that I want to implement, they weren't implemented yet. It's kind of a failure because I, I believe that we can, we have resources for that, but we still didn't implement them. It's kind of a failure, you know. And the second uh, is that I trust people a lot in terms of not business, but in general. And so it's kind of, I think, a very bad thing at the same time. I think failures that very small mistakes that in business that I made, but actually by the end of the day, I, I would say they taught me a lot, you know, again. You know, failure is very overestimated and success as well because you never know how at the end of the day it will affect or reflect on your business. So basically, failures that we had, maybe some business decisions were wrong, approaches were wrong, but then again, those approaches uh, changed us a lot. So interesting, and I couldn't agree more. Oh my goodness, sorry. You know, over the last five years in business, you've really gone from strength to strength. You've received so much recognition for your work. And I so appreciate you for being so open and honest with us today. But, you know, as you mentioned, and as we mentioned before, you were featured on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. You know, what three key pieces of advice that you give our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out? Okay, so the first thing is that your project, your impact should be very uh, socially oriented, I believe, in terms of like you should do something. Because entrepreneurs, I would say, are supermens because they change the world. Yes. So don't look through very big, huge projects in the world so that, you know, I want to do something huge. But then while you're thinking you want to do something huge, you're forgetting about doing really great small stuff. So focus on what actually is there for you, right? Third, you should actually focus on what you are doing the best. For example, if you're a good networker, you should improve it. You should do business around it. If you're a good, I don't know, like a big media person, do something in your sphere that you actually do. And the fourth thing that I will advise for sure First, before becoming an entrepreneur, get experience from any corporate culture that or work for someone. I believe in that a lot because uh, I didn't have this very, uh, I would say, long-lasting corporate experience. Uh, and at some point, I felt that, okay, I cannot implement something in my company because I don't know. So definitely, you should educate yourself, always. But... As many entrepreneurs say, you should not waste a lot of time on thinking because while you think someone behind your doors or next um, to your doors will implement it and then you will like, oh, I missed it. And then you will always feel, you know, that you missed something. So get rid of that feeling because this feeling is good, but it's not good for a business. Definitely, you know, always push yourself, find motivation. If you are struggling with money, then you should do business for money. Uh, and it's okay to do business for money. And it's not, you know, like, you know, besides those words, like I'm saving the world and stuff. Okay. You should earn for your life first. 
then you should do something that is actually great. And then tomorrow you will be very satisfied. Find something that will motivate you. Money, idea, team, uh, whatever. But before starting something, find yourself in motivation, what kind of motivation you have. So well said. Oh my goodness. Sorry. I want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the incredible work you've done and that you're doing for showing us, you know, in particularly us young females, you know, women out there that it's okay to be independent and that we should celebrate that and we should go after our dreams and goals. And for that, we really appreciate you. No, thank you so much. I, I believe my young lady at home, my daughter, she actually motivated me a lot oh. by saying, Mama, I want new iPad. I want to, I want this. <laughs> and you were like, okay, I have to go do business. I cannot lie on the bed, you know, doing nothing. So it's kind of a motivation too, you know, like being a mom, running business at the same time, perfect formula. It will motivate you, you know, like school, the, you know, kids garden that you should pay, university that you should pay for and stuff and stuff and stuff. So it's, you know, and, and, and one thing that motivates me for now, like through the time, like it never motivated me before, but I understand that my kid is looking after me and she basically is very inspired with my story, even though, I'm not spending a lot of time with her, but she's like, you know, she's so proud of me. And her English teacher, she approached me and she's like, you know, every essay is about you mm. and you're such a role model for your daughter. And it's kind of a craziness. Can you please stop <laughs> being a leader? <laughs> because, because it's crazy how your kid became your fan. And this actually thing it's a one key, uh, you know, it's a little advice to young moms or moms in general is that while you're happy, you're successful, you're busy with your job, even if it's bringing you money or not, but you are satisfied, you fulfill yourself with those that energy, your kid and your kids will be very, uh, I would say, happy kids in, in future life, you know, it's, it's like that. So, so incredible. Oh my goodness. Sorry. I've, the final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? I am passionate about, you know, in general, I love people and um, I'm passionate about doing something great with them, for them. And I'm passionate about ideas like any you know i always say what actually brings me joy uh, not money okay like very materialistic stuff it's okay i mean if we're not saying uh, talking about them i i become happy when i meet smarter people than i am and when i sit next to them i was like why well, not smart as them you know like oh i missed a lot so it it, it brings me joy you know meeting new people uh, seeing the world and bringing the ideas like that I saw there and I'm bringing back to Kazakhstan my country when people where people didn't see that or they saw but it were never implemented there so it's kind of a I think people more you know make me passionate about everything that I do 
I love it. Sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness. We've had a blast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting. Of course. Of course. Where can we learn more about you and the step? Uh, oh, you know, um, they say so much money people uh, spend on PR, for example, like in the world. Uh, and and I never paid for any article and stuff like whatever you find on internet by Zaure Rosmat on Forbes English version Russian version whatever Kazakh version it is naturally brought up and I think you'll find more information on Google about me uh, also Insta my Instagram is very active and as well as Facebook and LinkedIn I'm everywhere and I believe we should do uh, with you Michelle we should do. Uh, Clubhouse. I have a lot of followers there. We should do Clubhouse on Yeah. Oh. Yes, and and then I'm everywhere actually. It's actually part of my uh business story. Then again, it's kind of advice. If you want to be out uh, like you you want your product or service to be there, you should actually think about your own social networks and be present with everywhere because your audience can be everywhere, you know, like even TikTok for example. <laughs> so so even TikTok. Even, even. Because, no, even no, 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 I like TikTok. it. No, no, no. Because TikTok is for my kid. And I was like, oh, you know, oh. like I'm being very parent in this thing. I was like, oh, <laughs> you guys spend a lot of time on TikTok. And it's a, but anyways, you can find more information like throughout social networks and internet. And, uh, and yes, and we should do a clubhouse with you, Michelle. Let's do that. It will happen. We will make that happen. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much again. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Remember, Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, Head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers, that's a wrap. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest beer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do, which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst 